I am joined by the band Humble Cartel. Uh, band members um, uh, Kai and Jesse McKidiak and Andrew Logsdale join me, guys. Welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Glad thanks to be here for, having us. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having us. All right. All right. You know, I want to, um, I love to, to, uh, to dive into the band origin story. So I, I, I want to kick things off by asking just how Humble Cartel came to be. As Kai and I are brothers. And I went to music school in, at Red Deer College and just kind of cut my teeth there. And Andy worked at the music store with me. Uh, so we just kind of all just naturally came together over that and just the love of, of good music. It was a little while ago. Our first like really big year playing music was 2019. And we were like, yeah, 2020 is going to be our year. And I think a lot of people said that very sentence. So here we are now finally releasing some new music. It wasn't our year. No, it, it, it turns out, year. yeah, no spoilers. <laughs> it was not our year. Yeah. <laughs> Shockingly, 2020 was really no one's year. I think we can all say yeah. that. It was yeah. just yeah. like, we all thought, yeah, this will be our year. It's 2020, new decade. <laughs> ah, shit. Yeah. Uh, it was your year if you invested in Zoom, I guess. Yeah, I, I would say if you if you like invested in Zoom or toilet paper, I think it, it, was, yeah. it was definitely yeah. your year. Uh-huh. Otherwise, it was kind of a... Have a wash. Um, how did that impact you guys? So, um, uh, like I said, you um, you began releasing music back in 2019. So, what was mm-hmm. planned for 2020 that had to change? No shows, no shows on the horizon. Just kind of bunker down. I have a studio in our backyard, so we just recorded a lot of uh, a lot of tracks, just getting ready for when we would take the stage again. And that didn't exactly happen. Yeah, even recording was uh, was was a bit of a challenge because we started getting different like lockdowns and things where we couldn't have people in different families or different households even getting together. So like mm-hmm. for us to come in, like there's a there's a few tracks that like I had to send Jesse where I recorded them like at my house and just said, hey, I think this will fit for the new song. So here here we go. And, uh, you know, like it was like getting together was was a challenge. So it just everything kind of stopped. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I have heard from so many bands that basically had to become their own, like their own like producers, basically because they couldn't go into the studio, they couldn't record music, so they thought, well, I'll just buy what I need and just make my own home studio. Um, Luckily, we already had that set up, and uh, now we actually record at Velveteen, so a lot of our stuff is just pre-production at our studio. I've heard of those guys. Yeah, I've heard of them from some other guests. Um, how um how did you come to be um uh, working with them? Uh, honestly, it was uh, serendipitous. We were applying for a grant to get an album done, and you needed to have a quote from a professional studio. So we contacted Velveteen, and they did like a, they do interviews, so they actually vet you as much as you vet them. And when we were on that first vetting interview, it was kind of like, well, should we try one track before we get the grant? Because the grant might take until February, March of this year. It was like, well, we could test them out, see how they are, and we loved the process so much. We were like, yep, might as well record nine more. <laughs> and here we are today. Um, now, was that um, on the six song EP? No, so that one is is already out. The only one through Velveteen so far is Dance with You, oh, and okay. we're still recording the other nine, oh, and so yeah. hopefully releasing them sooner than later. Yeah. All right. Um, you know, I want to talk about uh, Dance with You because I've been listening to that one a bunch, and I really, really love it. But one thing I'm kind of noticing it is, you know, as the name implies, it. it um, it's a very uh, danceable tune, and I think a little different from the previously released um, uh, EP. A hundred percent, yeah. Yeah. So, what happened to kind of to kind of bring about this uh, change in style? 
we had written it the same kind of way, just on a, on acoustic guitar in a living room. But I think it just inherently had more of a dancey feel. And when we had chosen to just do one track and not knowing if we were going to come back to do more, it kind of just veered towards that direction of like, this one is is pretty poppy and has a chance to get radio play, right? Because at the end of the day, you want to be played on the radio. And so it definitely took on a whole different life once the producers got a hold of it. And th- those guys are awesome. Shout out to, to yeah. Brad Smith and Randor. They, uh, they work their butts off and the song sounds great. So, um, what can you tell me about uh, the new EP, 10 songs, of course, uh, Dance With You being the first release. What's planned for the rest of the album? Hopefully more in that vein. There is some like more band stuff in there, and there is a bit of a darker one that we have called Pandora, which we're pretty excited to release. But uh, So that one isn't as poppy, but I well, find it's that... more, it's like an alt-pop kind of, that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alt-rock. Okay. And um, now we talked, uh, of course, about uh, playing shows. Uh, is that kind of on, kind of um, um, on the horizon for the band? Yeah, we actually have one coming up on the twenty third, the two Thursdays from now, at the VAT down uh, in Red Deer, here where we're from. Oh, yeah. I think actually a recent guest, um, not the entire band, but I think uh, some of them are also um, are from uh, Red Deer. So interesting. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, some other places kind of in your orbit that you're like hoping to play Edmonton and Calgary for sure are on the radar because they're the two closest cities and much bigger than Red Deer too. And then branching out from there, I imagine is, is in the cards. Yeah. I think ideally right now we're, we're hard stuck in the recording process. We want to get as much creativity out and and together as we can. And uh, once we have, you know, the album, kind of in in that stage of like we're we're happy with where it is and we're ready to release it then we're going to try to set up some sort of a some sort of a tour to support it and uh you know really uh reach out to different cities and stretch our wings so to speak 100 percent. yeah and this would be like the first and, and this would really be the band's like first time getting out there like on tour yes yeah for sure um have you guys done um a touring before with like prior uh, musical projects Nothing. Nope. This is the first band for my brother and I. Andy was in a different band in Ontario. Yeah. Um, it, it, even in Red Deer, too, like the band I was in before. Like, we've played shows out, out of Red Deer, like in different cities, but nothing too major. Um, but yeah, being Kai's first band ever. Yeah. Like, ever, ever is, uh, is pretty impressive. Cool. So well, thanks, Andy. So you guys are like a new, like, new band, like, not even just like a recent band, but like the first for you guys, too, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird because we we started in 2019, but then the pandemic slowed us right down. So it still kind of feels like we're really new, even though we've been do we've been creating music for better part of four years now. Mm. Okay. Um, how about um, of course uh, we're not joined by the by the entire band tonight. Um, drummer uh, Dylan Cave and bassist uh, Pierre Conan. They're uh, now are they also uh, very very like um, uh, new to music? No, uh, Dylan, Dylan's so. been in a few bands. Yeah, Pierre actually's currently in three bands. <laughs> of course, he is. Those yeah. those bass players are highly sought after here in they Red Deer. They are. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> he actually has a rehearsal tonight, which is why he can't be on the podcast. And oh. Dylan is a, is the sound guy for the Starlight Room in Edmonton, mm-hmm. so he had to work tonight. Juno week here in Edmonton or Alberta. Okay, okay. Um, what are the other bands that Pierre is in? Soul uh, Bomb Saint, and Saint Groove. Saint Groove, yeah. Soul Bomb, I love that. I love that for a band name. 
<laughs> yeah, bomb B A L M. Oh, 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 even different now. Like a like, yes, like Ooh, a soothing yeah. salve. Oh, <laughs> that totally changes what I what I was expecting of this. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay, um, you know when you guys all like came together to uh to uh, to form a humble cartel, how did you know it was gonna work in, ter- in terms of like okay, these guys are all good to work with. You know, this is gonna actually pan out. Um, I mean, are, are we sure that it's still going to work yeah. out? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know that anybody ever gets to that point. Go ahead, Jesse. Sorry to cut you off. I was going to say there's there's been a couple lineup changes, but uh, I think we've we've settled on some some good people, and I think that's also pretty important. Like I think if you're a monster player, but you're not fun to be on and be around in a tour bus, I'd take the guy that's uh, a better vibe than uh, the monster player. Because if you want to strangle someone at the end of a tour, then it doesn't matter how good they play guitar or drums or bass or even sing at Kai's point. But luckily, he's, <laughs> he's a good he's a good guy so far. Good egg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One thing I've seen when it comes to bands is that touring tends to be like the make or break point for them. Either you come through mm-hmm. with it, best of friends, or it's just like, I never want to fucking see you again. Get out of my sight. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. All right. Um, so, do you guys book all your own shows? Yeah, do, for yeah. the most part. We hope to change that. If we <laughs> any, any management listening to this podcast right now, or we're looking for record uh, record deals. <laughs> Is that something you really like work to find, or do you just kind of like do your own thing? I don't know. I think as long as you put out good music, I would think maybe it's like uh, Kevin Costner and Field of Dreams. If you, if you build it, hopefully they'll come. Um, you know, one thing I was I was really curious about was artwork because uh, checking uh, check out your music, uh, two two of your earlier singles, "Rocket" and "At Any Cost," that is some pretty mm-hmm. crazy artwork. I'm curious as to who did that one. Daniel Snyder's his name, Smashed Head Studios, oh. and uh, we contracted him for those two singles. Nice. Yeah, they're really good. I like them both. Yeah, really. <laughs> there's a there's a lot of little Easter eggs in in those two uh, pictures. Okay, can you give me a couple? Uh, the 2083 on the side of the rocket is is uh, the like numeric code, the 20 being the T, and then 8 being H, and then C being 3, so THC, the Humble Cartel. Oh. And that's on the side of the rocket. Nice, nice. I think uh, there's an Elon Musk the- uh, car in the back that didn't age too well. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then the pink the pink banana that the that the ape is holding is from uh the is a homage to the Velvet Underground as well. Ah. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the Elon Musk car. No. Not 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 right now. <laughs> cool, cool. Now, uh when he was uh designing the covers, did you guys have to give him any real like input as yeah, yeah, we worked pretty much side by side. I think he actually got annoyed with how much we wanted to control it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Perfectionists over here. Um, yeah. Th- hey, I mean, if you're gonna do something, you gotta you, you gotta do it your way. I'm pretty 100%. sure we had like a two day conversation as to whether or not that head, like the visor for the helmet, should be open or closed. <laughs> like, like, like that was a, a conversation we had for for multiple days, where it's like, yeah. well, should it be open? Should it be closed? Yeah, yeah, maybe a little hard to work with with artists. 
We've changed, though. We swear. Oh, yeah, we're so much easier to work with now. <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, can't stress that enough. <laughs> exactly. Super easy to work with. We'll be doing like two days over like one little thing. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. All right, all right. So, um, all right. So, so we got we got uh, the six song EP uh, um out right now. Uh, um, of new singles out, new EPs in the works. Do we have a release date in mind? Uh, not quite yet. We'll be releasing si- a few more singles before we release the album, I think is the plan, but things change on a dime. You never know. Yeah, we could, you know, knock on wood, have another, have another lockdown. Yeah, hopefully yeah. not. But, kidding. But, in that, but in that case, maybe we'll release the whole thing like Miley Cyrus did with that, uh, her, Miley Cyrus and her dead pets, just all at once. Take it for the pandemic. This is it. Well, I mean, Dua Lipa blew up releasing an album over the over the pandemic the first time. 100%. It's funny because I think there was a lot more new music that came out once things began to settle a little bit. Like, you know, of course, we had the, the, the opening rounds when everyone was canceling tours and festivals and shows. And once it became clear, okay, this is not going to end anytime soon, people were like, well, I'll just record my own stuff. And all of a sudden you saw all these people putting out albums and everything like that because they were just recording it at home. So... In a way, it was actually not the worst year for music because, yes, we couldn't go to shows, but we got a ton of like new stuff coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of got stuck on Tiger King. That was a thing too. But uh, like, just like art in general, right? Like, I think there was a lot of stuff posted about like when you were locked in your house. Remember, like that you had a bunch of art to like consume. Like everyone always talks about like struggling artists and stuff, but when everyone was stuck at home watching Netflix and listening to music, it's kind of shone a spotlight on everybody that makes art and everybody that like struggles to do stuff like that. And that's what you turn to when you're sitting there at home alone in your pajamas is playing video yeah. games or reading comics or like all, all those types of things, right? That's just like that Angel. I never heard of Angel until the pandemic because they had that pandemic special or whatever. And then you see her on there, and then we consumed all her music, biking around, keeping our six foot distance. So once you guys get uh, get back out there, we talked about kind of like where you like want to play. Who are you looking to play with? That's a good question. Really, anybody at this point? I, 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 yeah, we're taking all comers. We played with a punk band on our last show, Trashed Ambulance. But that was they were like a replacement because the red hot hayseeds couldn't make it. They were stuck in Calgary. It's like a snowstorm, yeah. Yeah. And so the the punk band came in and headlined and they were awesome. Like really different style of music than we play, especially the old stuff that we were playing, our folky roots, but but it was awesome to to see that uh that breadth and genres. Both epic band names, by the way. Those are some really cool band names. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they do have a pretty good name. Yeah. Both yeah, I took and to close out 2019, we actually opened for Crash Test Dummies. That was another thing that gave us this, like, this is going to be our year vibes. Oh. Yeah. We've, op- we've opened for Legends. Uh, yeah, just a little bit. How did how did that show uh, come together? We, uh, Brennan I, and Bose. Yeah, the, the local place called Bose. Brennan kind of put his faith in us because we'd opened for Hillsburn, then Winter Sleep. And then it just kind of got bigger and bigger and bigger. And they just, they called us and said, what do you guys think about opening for Crash Test Dummies? And it wasn't even a question. It's like, yep. I don't even got to ask the rest of the band. Yeah, let's, let's just, mm-hmm. let's do this. I don't, I don't think yeah. anyone would say no to that. Exactly. Yeah, right. 
Oh, Crash Your Tummies. Yeah, I, th- I think I heard of them. Sure, why not? You know, yeah. we'll do the show. We'll see mm-hmm. what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when it comes to being in the scene and, like, booking things and trying to, like, get out there, that like, we may be new in that front, but for some reason, people just keep buying tickets. So I don't, I don't quite get it. <laughs> we just show up and move tickets. So, I mean, that's... Uh, it, it seems to be working so far. Yeah. Yeah. Don't question it, man. Knock on wood. Yeah, seriously. All right. Um, what was it actually like to be part of the Crash Test Dummy show? It was awesome. Pretty surreal, yeah. Even just watching Brad Roberts sound check, like doing a sound check with his voice, which is like, we're yeah. here. This is it. This is this is a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. How big a crowd was that? Man, sold out. Yeah, 400 people or something. They, they, I think it's a 400 person capacity. Yeah, it was like usually when you do a show, there's someone that's like, all right, everybody come to the front of the stage. When we got up to play, everybody was already at the front of the stage because it was packed. There was nowhere else to stand, nowhere else to sit. It was just like, this is actually, this is a big deal. Mm -hmm. Cool. It was kind of daunting, actually. (laughs) Start having a panic attack. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that was like my third or fourth show ever. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was nerve-wracking. But once you start singing and once you get after it, like, everything comes together, for, mm. for me anyways. Hopefully it stays like that. <laughs> cool, cool. Well, speaking of coming together, of course, on the five-person band, you got a lot of different personalities. How does the songwriting process work? We've been trying to actually write more songs as a band. Like, it usually used to be that i just have a guitar in my living room and just bash out like i teach guitar for a living so it's like every kid wants to learn taylor swift or miley cyrus or dua lipa and just absorbing it over the last 10 years of teaching is gives you an idea of like how simple some songs are from a chord progression standpoint and just trying to gear it more towards that because if that's what's successful then obviously you got to come up with your own original lyrics and melody but you can kind of pluck a certain few chord progressions that you like from those things and extrapolate something that would work for us and Kai's voice and those kind of things. So a little bit of like tasteful theft, we'll call it. <laughs> Jesse usually writes the songs and then I, I come in and, and either write a verse if he has a verse open or I edit his lyrics a bit, which in the beginning he wasn't too fond of. But now I think he's come around realizing that I'm a bit of a, I'm I'm okay at what I do. And now a huge part of the process is Brad and Randor. Yeah, exactly. Like once yeah, we get 100%. once we get the song kind of in a place where we're like, okay, we've got the foundation set. Like we bring it to them, and like in the studio, it's just it's it's experimenting. It's like really opening our creative wings and seeing kind of what we can what we can come up with and 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 how far we're willing to push things. So it's really great yeah. that like, those guys are so open to the process and like. You know, mm-hmm. we can stop everything right on a dime and say, hey, I think I think it needs this. And like, we'll we'll throw that in and just see if it works. Right. It's just like throw everything at the wall and see what sticks type thing. So 100 percent. And they keep asking us, too, are you OK with this? Are you OK with this? And it's like, well, we spent the money to come here. We're not just going to tell you what to do. We could record this in our backyard if that was the case. So true enough. Yeah. And they, they do keep bringing that up. Like most people, when you're like it's like your baby right you have like this song you bring it in and they say that a lot of people are are 
say that they're okay with it being changed, but when it comes down to the brass taxes, okay, what do you guys think about cutting this entire verse out? Everyone's like, that's my baby. But we're just like, like Kai said, it's like we're paying good money to be here. Like they're the professionals. They've won Junos for crying out loud. So it's like, I think they might have some pretty good instincts at the table. So let them see where it goes. Yeah. Leap of faith like Indiana Jones. Last crusade. Also, just, you know, for anyone who might be from the States listening, Juno is a Canadian Grammy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yes and it's juno's week in edmonton yeah get your tickets <laughs> <laughs> oh that's what it is yeah I, I think i think earlier on when you guys mentioned juno's week i'm like what the hell is juno's week yeah, yeah. good call yeah. andy on that explanation yeah, yeah well done we have, yeah. we have our own grammys it's great yeah <laughs> they look yeah. like golden carrots <laughs> they do look like golden carrots wrapped in a little ribbon nice <laughs> <laughs> okay (laughs) i like that you guys are kind of open to like the guys in the studio saying okay we we gotta do this we gotta do that you're cool with that but have you ever had a moment where someone has said we should change this and you're like nope put my foot down this has got to stay not yet i don't think i don't think so yet no i think even before like when we were doing everything in jesse's studio kind of all of us have come at it with the with the mindset of we have to do whatever serves the song, like whatever's best to serve the song. And we've kind of had that since the very beginning. So like when we go in, like there's stuff that we definitely like and we want to like we want to hear in there. Like I, I know there's a couple of like vocal lines that are just nuanced back background things that like were pulled out and it was like, ah, I kind of want those back in. So we kind of go back and forth with things. But for the most part, it's like if something serves a song, then we we just want to we want to chase that and hope for the best. Yeah. Make the song as good as possible. Okay. And as true to itself as, as possible, even with the songs that are turning a little more pop oriented, like we keep them pretty much. It's it, it, whatever sounds the best. If it doesn't sound good, then it shouldn't be in a song. It's all about sound. Kai, uh, you mentioned this, um, uh, the song being true to itself. How do you know when you've kind of, when you've kind of gotten to that point? Um, well, just the, like we, we have ideas of what we kind of want them to sound like. So if it, if it sounds like that in the end and it's like not a, a crazy 180, but even then that's, we have a song called home that they've really, they've really changed in the studio. And so that's, that's like the, the opposite of what I just said, I guess. It depends on the song. If it sounds good, we're into it. And if it doesn't sound good, then we're not. But Hard they, to like explain, going, going back to Brad and Randor, they have some pretty damn good instincts. Yeah. And I think so do we. We all get along really well. Music-wise. I mean, personality-wise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're very funny guys. They're and they're, they're just good people too. Like I was very very surprised because we didn't know this is our first time going to a studio didn't know what to expect with these two producers and uh they've they've blown the expectations out of the water 100 percent. that's why we're recording nine more it's like Mm -hmm. got got the one done it was like we're like not addicted but that's probably the closest word i can say is it was one of the best moments of my life even just being in there and recording it and the whole process was uh, we were driving back from Edmonton, like we were basically just a, a little bit south, about an hour and a half south of Edmonton. So just on the drive back, we're like, we need to get back there as soon as possible. And now the goal is hopefully that the music does well enough that it can pay for us to do more of that. Because I think that's mm-hmm. uh, we love it so much. Hundred mm-hmm. mm-hmm. percent. 
All right. Um, do you think the more dancier vibe of dance with you, do you think you're going to be kind of sticking with that for, for other stuff? Bit of column A, bit of column B. Like, I think we have two yeah. or three songs that definitely go into that dance with you route, but then there's a couple that I don't even know if you'd say like they're like trap music. That's like kind of a broad brush, but yeah, they just going back to in service of the song. I think they, they're like, like, let's try this. And it isn't quite pop dance, but it's, it's still catchy. It just isn't as, uh, as dancey. And that I, and we have a song called Iconic that's almost like Christian country. Like, uh, and that's going to be on the album. I think it'll be an eclectic mix of songs once once it's finally released. It's going to surprise a lot of people. Really throwing the kitchen sink on this one. 100%. <laughs> oh, cool, cool. All right. Let's talk about uh, the future of the band. Of course, you have um, the LP coming out later this year. What else is in store for Humble Cartel? Big old question mark. Hopefully touring the country and having going back to needing a record deal. Yeah. I don't Not know if you know any people. Deal. Yeah, maybe just but touring. Yeah, having uh, yeah, just more financial support from something like that. Like once again, we don't know. Like entertainment lawyers, a manager. Like there's a whole bunch of stuff that there's a huge world out there that we we've never even experienced in terms of needing stuff like that and and how that even goes about. So yeah, well yeah, I think for now we're really concentrated on recording. Yes, and yeah. after we're after we're finished recording, I'm thinking you know the the natural progression would be to present this stuff to live audiences so we'll be working on we that. kind of take this but, one step at a time <laughs> yeah yeah i get you so so there's no uh like five-year plan for the band we had a pre-production meeting like before we even did the first the first recording with velveteen that we kind of like set out our goals and they said like where where do you see the music and i think all of us kind of were all like yeah coachella like that's kind of like and that's uh, that out served into like the popular style that we kind of started to, to, to kind of push. But I think like right now, like Kai said, like we're, we're kind of in that headspace of recording and trying to like build the foundation and saying, okay, like this is, this is the next level and this is where we're at. This is what, like, this is what we're going to stand on and like, okay, how are we going to start to present that? So until we see what that is and like what, what we're going to be standing on, it's, it's hard to decide what, how we want to market it or how we want to push it or where we want to go with it. Right. Cause it's, there's a big difference between playing like country ballads in a, in a bar versus, you know, playing with a band like July talk or something, or, you know, like just trying to support other bands. So it's like, we, we don't even know who we're going to be like targeting at this point. It's just like, let's, let's, let's get the foundation built. And too, with the, uh, with the sound that we have, like even the show that we have coming up, like we're going to play a lot of our old stuff, but uh for dance with you with all those bat like those tracks like there's a lot going on there that five people can't possibly cover all that sonic range so we've got backing tracks and maybe maybe with the songs that we have coming out in the future we might have more backing tracks it might change the whole show entirely it definitely will change the whole show entirely so for sure thing be nice breath fresh air Exactly. All right. Well, guys, uh, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Of course, I uh, love the music. And for the folks at home, you're not already checking the band out. Here's how you do it. You go to Humble Cartel. You find them on the Instagram. You find them on Spotify. Follow their stuff. Lots of great music and more stuff to come. Kai, Jesse, Andrew, thanks again. I've really enjoyed this. Thanks for, thank you so much for, thanks for having, having us. us. This is your girl, Lady V, host of the V-Line, and you're listening to Citywide Blackout.
Hey everyone, welcome back to Citywide Blackout, your home for the best creators from around the world. I'm your host, Max Bone, and my next guest, they have absolutely killed with their debut EP, Sweet, and they're set to do it all over again with their soon-to-be-released full-length album, Imaginary Ride, done through record label H1 Massive. Calling in from Paris, France, is the synth-pop duo Typical Light, Helen and Akeem. Thank you so much for joining me, I really appreciate it. Thank you for the invitation. All right. Thank you, thank you very much. All right. All right, there's a lot to talk about here, um, and I kind of want to go into just talking about your album, Imaginary Ride. This is going to be out on August 25th. It's your debut full length, which follows your um, your EP Sweep, uh, which was released back in 2020. But um, yeah. what kind of work went into putting this one together? At the beginning, we are a couple, Ellen and me. <laughs> it's a it's a love story, <laughs> and uh, after that we we continue we continue to be friends, and the um, the thing uh, we have in common the, the the big thing is the music. <laughs> yes, music has always been the link between Akim and I. Um, when we first met. Uh, we talked about music and uh, we realized that we had the same references and that we loved the same band and that maybe we went to the same gigs before uh, without knowing. Um, and uh, once our love relationship ended, we still continued to be friends and then uh, we started to create music together because we had the same taste. And uh, when we started to work together, we realized that uh, it matched very easily. And uh, so it was very easy to work uh, together. Aww. Wow. I'm, I'm actually surprised because usually when bands that are, you know, couples, when they break up, that's kind of the end of the band, but you were able to keep it going. So that, that's really impressive. <laughs> um, the, the, band, the band starts after. Ah, there we go. That works. <laughs> so I'm curious as to what happened that made the two of you think, you know what, we should be a band. We should do music together. Um, uh, to be honest, uh, as for me, uh, um, um, it all began just kind of uh, a joke. Um, uh, if I remember clearly uh, the scene when it uh, happened, we were drinking beers at bar and uh, um, between some of the things that uh, we started to talk about uh, maybe having a band because we had uh, uh, more time to focus on music. Um, at the time, uh, I just finished uh, a job and uh, so I was uh, unemployed, and I had a lot, of, a lot of time to to focus on something new. <laughs> and uh, the fact that Akim was uh, very um, um, motivated by uh, the, this idea, um, I, I, I began to 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 think that maybe it was uh, a good idea, and uh, so. Uh, we started to to try to work together, and uh, that's how typical light uh, began. Okay. Yes, Ellen said to me, "Okay, I have lyrics. Say, okay, I can make music." <laughs> yes, it's very, it's very uh, simple. Yeah, yeah, that's it. 
and I sent uh, my uh, lyrics to Akim. Uh, before it was kind of a secret, uh, the fact that I wrote um, kind of poems, uh, and um, I was very shy about it, and I didn't know if it was good or bad. Or... So when Akim uh, saw them and uh, said to me, uh, Okay, I have uh, this idea, this idea, and uh, when he started to compose, uh, thanks to my lyrics, uh, I said, "Okay, uh, mm -hmm. we can go on and continue like this." I think we have made four, four or five songs in one month. Yes. At the beginning. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing! <Yeah. laughs> and the and uh, and sweet, uh, sweet is born in one month, maybe two months. Yeah, we were very fast. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> An EP in one month. Very cool. Yes. <laughs> Why do you think it worked so well, like the two of you working together, that you were able to produce this EP so quickly? I think we we know each other very well. Mm. We talk a lot. Uh, we we make a lot of gigs. Uh, we, we listen to the same music. Not exactly the same music, but we have some connection, a lot of connection in music. It's uh, for me, uh, Ellen's lyrics. It's it's exactly what I want to write. But I'm not a writer. I'm just a musician. <laughs> and Ellen, it's my it's it's uh, my uh, my soulmate in music. Oh yes, uh, I'm very <laughs> uh, yes. But I totally agree with that. Um, I'm not uh, a musician, uh, to be honest. Uh, so um, just as uh, Akim said, um, as for me, I'm not a musician. He is a musician. I'm a writer. He's not a writer. So we match. Perfect match. <laughs> I like that. I like that. All right. Um, you know, I was curious if this, if a Typical Light was your first musical project for both of you did you do other bands or other projects prior to this uh as well, for me it's the first one and the unique one <laughs> for now um so music for me um I li i've always listened to a lot of music uh i'm not a musician i try to play guitar i play uh, i bought a, a guitar a bass i never succeeded in playing uh, any kind of instrument. I'm not a musician. I know it now. Um, I, I worked as a musical journalist, uh, and for me, music it was just uh, kind of a hobby. Uh, but um, it was not something for me. It was kind of a dream or fantasy that I couldn't touch for real. You know. Um, so yes, for me, a typical light is just a brand new uh, a band and first band ever. <laughs> and for me, I, I play uh, music in band. Uh, uh, my, uh, when I was sixteen, I have my first band, and uh, I play maybe in uh, eight or nine band. And now I play drum in in other band. Wow. Uh, okay. I, 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 <laughs> That's a good background. Uh, yes, I like that. Yeah, I play music from uh, I have maybe six years old. So uh, yes, I love music. <laughs> I lo I love play music, 
and uh, I love writing music, write music. Oh, clearly, clearly. Now, Helen, uh, you mentioned that you're a music journalist, and I'm also a journalist, so it's cool to meet a fellow a fellow writer. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, I used to because I, I don't work in this uh a professional field anymore, but uh, but yeah, it was a very very good uh, experience, and I enjoyed it very very much. I'm kind of nostalgic about this. Uh, I'll bet. Uh, I'll uh, bet. So for you, is getting to kind of be in a band after writing about them for so long? Is this like a lifelong? Is this like like a big dream for you? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a the dream became true and. Uh, um, it's very exciting, uh, but it's kind of uh, maybe it's uh, uh, kind of stressing for me because it's um, new and um, it's a mix uh, of uh, excitation, a lot of questions in my head. Uh, uh, sometimes uh, I think that maybe uh, uh, it's too much uh, because it, all all uh, all. Um, um, it all goes went very fast, uh, you know. So um, as for me, sometimes it's just wow, 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 wow. Uh, 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 I'm very happy about it, but um, but yes, yes, it's uh, very very exciting, and uh, and I love it very much. I'm very proud about uh, Typical Light and what we've done with. Uh, oh yeah, uh, it's with this project. Everything was very very speed. Mm-hmm. Everything happened uh, in uh, in three years. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, then let's talk about Imaginary Ride. This is your full-length album. It's coming out on August 25th through H1 Massive. And you've yes. already released the self-titled single. Tell us about this, because you mentioned before that it's a romance story, about like what the story kind of with the music is. We have the same uh, process. Uh, for Imaginary Ride and for Sweet, mm-hmm. Helen brings me some a lot of lyrics. <laughs> so we choose together uh, maybe 10, 10 lyrics, 10 or 12 yes. lyrics. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I start to make some, some tests in music, some drums and bass and some synthetical sound. And I, uh, I send... All the, all the thing to Ellen. Ellen said, "Okay, that that thing is good. That thing is both." <laughs> <laughs> she 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 can tell me that. She can uh, she can tell me. Oh no, this is awful. <laughs> and uh, after that, uh, we we work together to finish a song. And uh, it's the same process in every song. Gotcha. Uh, Helen, um, I do want to ask, because I know that you're so new to this world, um, how's the learning process been? You know, have you sort of caught on to all the different ins and outs of making a song? Um, I, I, I already knew the, the process of uh, making a, um, a song, because uh, before I met Akim, I was um, surrounded by people were musicians, were still musicians. One of my best friends is a musician. Uh, um, I, I, I know a lot of, a lot, some people <laughs> were musicians. So um, I knew how, how it works, but uh, the fact uh, now that uh, I am the one 
two things with Akim. You can say to Akim, uh, I like that, I don't like that. And the fact to, uh, to record a song, uh, that uh, it was uh, very new for me. Um, but uh, I learned uh, very fast as well, mm. because <laughs> um, to be honest, uh, I wasn't even sure that I could sing uh, very well before Akim uh, told me, now you have to sing, because this is these are your lyrics, uh, compose uh, the music, you like the music, uh, and now you are, we have to go. We have to to go on and to and to and to build the song and uh, and it. That's why I say it was kind of stressful for me because it's kind of um, impressive to to be uh, in the cabin and, and and to sing and to hear your own voice. For me, it was that's it. There is a, okay. Now it's me singing and I have to listen to me sing. Uh, very, very new and very, very stressing. But um, at the end, I'm very uh, proud once again to, to have uh, succeeded in uh, recording uh, this album and the EP before. Okay. Uh, how about the story that the two of you are, are conveying through this new album? With this new album, um, we kind of uh, imagined it as um, an introspective journey, you know, because um, uh, most of the lyrics, um, I wrote most of the lyrics, uh, a part of the lyrics, uh, during the pandemic uh, period. There is um, an introspective side uh, in the lyrics because we, we did not have jobs. It was very dangerous to go outside. So we had to explore our inner world. And that's why I did uh, <laughs> during the this time. So um, for me, it, it enabled me to, to um, go into myself and uh, express uh, what I felt. Uh, and that's how... Uh, some lyrics uh, came out, and um, it also uh, talks about feelings and uh, love, breakups, uh, everything that uh, happens in daily life. I'm curious if your own life experiences, and this is a question for uh, the both of you, did your own life experiences kind of make its way into the story? Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, for, for, yes, uh, but not in the lyrics. But I, I, um, I can uh, recognize me in uh, Ellen's lyrics. So it's more simple to me to make music because it's uh, oh yes, I know that I, I am. I, I have already uh, uh, have this experience: uh, break up or fall in love or uh, or uh, it's uh, it's more easy to to compose music. When uh, when you have already the the feeling of the of the of the situ of one situation in particular, and it, it's it's much uh, it's for me it's the first time uh, it was so easy to 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 compose music on lyrics on on uh, Ellen's lyrics. It was in five minutes. I said, okay, is that okay? Perfect. 
<laughs> I like it. Yeah, because like listening to Sweet and also listening to a Managenary Ride, one thing I got from it is it feels very, very smooth. Like this is not like it just feels very uh, alive. That's what I felt alive. It's a very living sound. Yeah. Um, when it came to deciding, okay, this song is done. We're putting it to bed. Was it hard to do? It depends on songs. Uh, I, I came sometimes wanted to add new sounds. Mm, yes. Uh, <laughs> he's a musician, so sometimes he was kind of, we can try it, we can try it. Uh, I have a new idea. And I was like, okay, maybe it will be too much because there are already a lot of sounds in the song. So maybe I was the one who, who laid down uh, um Try to um him when he, he was uh, he, he has a lot of idea all the time, and sometimes you have to say it's enough. Yes, I, I understand. <laughs> perfect yes. like this. I understand sometimes the cake uh, is not to be uh, so bigger. I can make a little cake. is great. <laughs> <laughs> I get you because uh, I'm. Let's, uh, Less is more. Less yes, is more. yes, it can be. Yeah. So I'm... sometimes we we had uh, to focus on this uh, sentence and say, okay, maybe uh, we have to uh, let it uh, this way. Maybe tomorrow, if we listen to it uh, again and we saw all the defaults, uh, we can change it. But for now, it stays like this, and it's okay. I think <laughs> Ellen and me uh, have uh, we like the default uh, on, on the song. We yes. I think we really like it. Uh, the charm of the of a song is it's the the defaults. Mm -hmm. It's not perfect, and we like yeah. the way it sounds, even if it's not perfect all the time. Yeah, we wanted something very uh, real and and uh, that's honest. Why uh, honest, and that's why yeah. we. We keep we kept some default of our recordings and everything. We said, okay, uh, this is really us. So, okay, let's go. Yeah. All right. Now, um, of course, I listened to Sweet and Imaginary Ride prior to us having this conversation. And one thing I got from the new single is that it seems a little more, uh, I guess, up tempo, a little more lively than Sweet did. I'm kind of curious, is the album going to follow a similar path to Imaginary Ride, or will the sounds be more of a mix? I think the album is more up-tempo, mm. because we, we use the real drum. Oh, <laughs> nice. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's only real instruments. It's less uh, electronic, but in uh, it's... And maybe the, 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 the tempo of the lyrics are more up-tempo, too. So um, it's not it's not uh, it's not uh, it's not uh, metal. <laughs> it's true, but uh, something between uh, pop and and uh, and electro pop, and uh, we have a lot of uh, of influences. So it's yes. hard to 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 put <laughs> together all these influences, uh, and uh, I think. The lyrics uh, says uh, says me uh, okay. You need to to uh, accelerate a little the the tempo of the of the of the song. 
All right. Um, how about music videos? Because I read that you're going to be putting out some videos for each single in the album. What can we expect from that? <laughs> yes, uh, the video of uh, Imaginary is supposed to be available uh, next week, uh, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. May, uh, Kim, next Friday, I, yeah. next Friday, I think. Yes. Hmm. Cool, um, cool. Uh, I don't know if we can say already what, uh, or if you, if we have maybe to... just a little, a little hint, a little hint. <laughs> uh, Akim, what do you think about it? We say that uh, it was how it was made, or oh, okay. Or uh, will you keep it as <laughs> a surprise? I, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, oh yes, we can say it. Can say it, it was made okay. with uh, with uh, AE. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. I like it. I like it. We're keeping it a secret for now. You check it out if you want to see it, folks. I can imagine it's going to be quite an experience just from the sound of the music. It, it, the music just creates kind of its own world. And I can only imagine what this is going to look like visually, but I'm definitely, definitely looking forward to it. Um, is this actually your first time doing music videos to go with your music? No, we we made a, a video clip for uh, Lonely Place. Lonely Place. Mm. Sorry, I had a black uh, Lonely Place uh, three years ago. Uh, homemade clip, uh, video clip that Akim uh, did uh, everything. Um, he had the idea of creating it, and he, he, I don't know how we say it in English, sorry. Uh, Monte, he built it uh, after. Uh, so he made all the all the video clip uh, on his own, and um, we had the second uh, clip uh, with um, uh, the video of um, some of uh, our friends who were uh, on the road uh, and uh, they were listening to our EP, and when the sound uh, the song. Uh, uh, came um they started to 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 film uh, the road uh, and uh, we kept the video to as a, as our clip all right and uh, we, we we liked it very much it's well. a gold, golden age excellent golden age thanks <laughs> That's it. Okay, let's talk about when the album is released and this is again going to be August 25th um, so yes. not too not, not too far in the near future. What's planned? Will you be doing a release show? Do you think you might go on tour? I don't know yet. There, there will be a two, three, two or three other singles uh, which will uh, come out uh, before the, the album. Um, and now we are working on live process, but... Uh, we, we have never been on stage yet, and we are working on it. Yes, really. So uh, we, we have to work uh, a lot again before uh, being on stage for real. Um, and once we are ready, uh, we go and uh, meet our audience, but uh, um, we have to work uh, more. To, to be <laughs> to feel very um, to feel at ease uh, on stage and uh, yes so so we hope that it will 
not be too long uh, after the 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 album release, but uh, we have now we are working on it. Yes, we are only two for the moment, but uh, uh, we will be joined by a drummer and a, and a bass player, bass player soon. Yes. Well. Trust me, Helen, you are going to love being on stage. It's going to be an amazing experience yeah. for you. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I hope so. I hope so. It's going to be good. Otherwise, it it's going to be, be good. very complicated. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm always curious to explore the music scene of different areas. So um, any particular venues that the two of you enjoy going to? Oh, in Paris, we had uh, some good <laughs> places. <laughs> But in France, we don't have a really uh, uh, a scene of music, independent music. Hmm. It's a little market. We have some 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 bands, maybe ten or twenty. <laughs> Ellen is, is not agree with me. Really <laughs> <laughs> Depending <laughs> of the music, yes, we have uh, we yeah, have good good in metal. We have uh, a big uh, a big metal festival in. Uh, Elfest in France, but um, in in Saint Pop, um, maybe M eight M eighty three. Uh, uh, we have some great singer like uh, Etienne Dao. Like uh, it's not the uh, English scene or American scene. Or you have uh, maybe more. Uh... There there are gigs uh, every night in Paris. And oh yes, yes. It's like uh, Supersonic with uh, free gigs. Uh... Every day, uh, I mean, there are a lot of bands, but um, sometimes some bands uh, um, uh, play in the same uh, place and again and again and again. So um, you see, sometimes you see the same bands at the same place uh, every month or every two months, but um, there are a lot of bands that. Uh, that exist and that play uh, on stage uh, everywhere in Paris, but uh, in other cities. I mean, in Bordeaux, uh, mm. there is a good, good uh, rock scene. Uh, J.C. Satan, uh, mm. uh, there are a lot of uh, bands uh, that we love, that are great. And uh, even in, um, in Poitiers, there are uh, some bands, rock bands, uh, there is a good... Uh, a place uh, called uh, Confort Modern, where uh, there are a lot of gigs uh, every week. Uh, so no, I, I don't agree with Akim with this because uh, in France we have a lot of bands, um, and uh, and this uh, this is great. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Just a few more questions uh, before we wrap this up. Um, Akeem, I read that your parents were a big influence on you musically because growing up, you listened yeah. to a lot of the, the people, a, a lot of the folks that mm. they that they listened to. Any particular artists that you were a huge fan of way back then? Yes, French singers like uh, Aznavour, mm. <laughs> like Ferrat, Ferret, you know the old things. <laughs> But for me, it was very important to my uh, musical education mm -hmm. to understand how French lyrics can be uh, can be good. Okay, my parents uh, listened to Elvis or uh, Dire Straits or uh, ABBA or, uh, <laughs> but um, 
I always like this old French singer. Uh, it's a it's a kind of in French we say uh, Madeleine de Proust. <laughs> um, I need some. I need uh, every week to listen one songs or two songs of this artist because it, uh, it's it's a part of me. And uh, the musicians who play with this artist are great French musicians, not famous, uh, but uh, I think uh, nobody know uh, their name. But it, um, I think it, it is the the golden age in, uh, for the French music. Uh, now we have very good music. We have uh, some uh, some some very good stuff, but it's it's different. And for me, it's it's really important to to have this French. Culture, French culture. Heritage. Heritage, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I let I have the same. Uh, no, Not exactly, I but. No, I cannot say that because um, um, there wasn't a lot of music uh, when I grew up. Um, I, I am a child of the nineties. You know, I, I used to 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 watch It um, Machine every Saturday morning. Uh, uh, I was a fan of R and B music and pop music and Spice Girls and everything like that. And <laughs> um, I, I discovered uh, the rock, the indie rock pop uh, music scene when I came to Paris uh, when I was 18 years old. Before uh, rock and roll for me, it was Red Dot Chili Peppers, Lenny Kravitz, uh, and uh, Nirvana, and that's it. You know, <laughs> um, and when I came to Paris, uh, it was uh, oh okay, uh, it's not like that, and uh, I started to listen to all that I can, I could to to understand all the different things, uh, to build my own musical uh, culture. Mm -hmm. I love that you mentioned the Spice Girls because I will admit I was a big fan of theirs back in the day. They just yeah, they yeah. just came out of nowhere in the states and just like took off. Like they they dropped their first single and then all of a sudden it was just like everyone in the country was like huge into them. Yeah, 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 yeah. In France, it was the same. I mean, I remember when they when they released the, their first single, I was. 11 years old mm. and for me it was just wow what is happening yeah exactly i was like what am i looking at but all right this is good i like it i'm digging it and then it just kind of went off from there okay yeah <laughs> all right all right well um uh, helen akeem it's been so cool talking to you i am absolutely loving imaginary ride i'm looking forward to what comes next with, uh, uh, with this album so folks uh, a couple more singles coming out waiting for and breakup routine those will be out in yeah. june and july respectively again mm -hmm. the album drops on august 25th you want to check it out follow them on their socials of course check them out on spotify and uh thank you both and definitely looking forward to the next conversation Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, what's up? It's your girl, Molly McCoy, and you're now listening to Citywide Blackout, your home for the best in independent entertainment. 
And that brings this episode to a close. Thanks to everyone for listening. And be sure to follow the show on Facebook at Citywide Blackout and Twitter and Instagram at Citywide Max. You can reach me at citywidemax at yahoo.com to suggest a guest or submit music for the Blackout Collection playlist. You can find the show wherever you check out your favorite podcasts. And new episodes are aired every Saturday at 10 p.m. EST on Boston Free Radio. That's all for now, and I'll see you next time.